it's like we finally have a solution. Yeah. With all these podcasts, how does one keep up? What are you not glad you asked? Welcome to the week in podcasting. Thank you very much. Smith Everett, Val Riley, Jeff Adams. Smith Everett, Val Riley, Jeff Adams. Smith Everett, Val Riley, Jeff Adams. The week in podcasting. It's episode two, and if you're downloading this and listening to it, congratulations. We never thought this would happen. Episode two of the week in podcasting. And I learned something very strange about uh, episode twos of things. I didn't know this, but this is something about sitcoms, and this show is a bit of a sitcom. On episode twos, they really have to rehash the pilot. So what we have to do, and this is the last time we have to do it, I have to introduce the cast of characters. Later on, I can say, I'm Seth, she's Val, he's Jeff. Like, that's (laughs) what I think a normal intro can be. Because this is episode two of the week in podcasting, I feel compelled to say... My name is Seth Everett. I've been a broadcaster for 20 years. That just means I'm old. Val Riley, not nearly as old, much prettier. Val is a wonderful, has a very small, wonderful social media presence. (laughs) But has this empire that he is in control of and literally gives us moments of his time from his entrepreneurial empire to hang out with us. Did I do appropriate introductions? Was anybody misrepresented? Uh, no, sadly, no. <laughs> I, I always bash the entrepreneur people online, so I don't know about that. Um, entrepreneur, how do you make a million bucks on the internet? I don't think I do that. Do I? Do I do that? No, but I know. If you have a million you- bucks and are working on The Week in podcasting, you have to have your head examined. I'm <laughs> just bored. I tell you, I'm bored, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Now, for those of you who want to know what the show is, they're saying, what did I do this? First of all, if you're listening to episode two first, right on. Skip episode one. It wasn't that good. The Week in Podcasting is a showcase of the best things that podcasts have to offer. We've fallen in love with podcasts. I think that in the last 12 months, podcasts have reached new heights. And we started this show where we are going to feature some of the best podcasts that are out there on the stratosphere. We have this email address that was set up. This is very official. Theweekinpodcasting at gmail.com. And guess what? All the shows that we are focusing on, ladies and gentlemen, are submissions from our listeners. So we thank everyone who submitted. If we didn't get to your show, don't worry. We will eventually because that's what we were going to be doing. We're going to be showcasing all the best podcasts. We do not have minions in the back finding podcasts for us. We take your submissions. And I'll start with Val. I thought the fact that we were getting these submissions it just proves that this show actually has some potential. I love it that people are submitting their podcast clips. And I have to say the clips in this podcast are so much better <laughs> than the clips that we so picked what? out ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you think so? I mean, I'm super excited about all the clips in uh, the show today. And yeah. <laughs> well, to, to be honest, what we did was um, we had our illustrious leader, the great Pod Vader, who picked the podcast for the first one just to show a, a demo of what the show could be. Basically, what Val just did was throw him right under the bus. No, no, no. <laughs> Maybe a little. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> Sorry, Pod Vader. Um, you have excellent taste in podcasts, but these ones are you know, submitted by people that do their podcast the whole time and they picked their best clip from their best show. And so I feel like it's representative of the best that blog talk radio and et cetera has to offer. Yeah. I'm already getting a text from Jay saying edit with Val set. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of editing today. I have a feeling Seth's been drinking. Jeff's got his finger on the trigger. (laughs) Poland spring, Poland spring. Well, Jeff, that that, that actually reminds you of a story. You know, Val and I used to do a, a web show together at a different platform. And one of the things that uh, we used to do is we would host these shows. There is no pause. You see, the thing I love about podcasts is you can pause them. You can pause them while you're recording them. As long as you and have let's an editor. Be honest, Seth, you need that in your life. You need a good podcast. I, I need, but, I, but I also love that when I'm listening to a podcast, I got in the car today. I, the first thing I listened to was a podcast. And my phone rings, but I'm not missing the interview. It pauses. That's my favorite. This is why I think, and I, I, I mean this in all sincerity, I think podcasting is the future of radio. I think that's where radio is heading because especially for fans of talk radio, and there are millions of fans of talk radio, 
I find that podcasts are the, the future. And, the, and that's where I think this is all get going. But I also love when you're recording them. But when we were doing this web show, first of all, it was on camera. And yeah. secondly, you would go 30, 40, sometimes an hour, sometimes even two hours with no breaks. Yeah. And I thought you should be able to drink. Like not alcohol. <laughs> like, like, yeah, if, if you wanted a schnapps, that, that was fine too. But you should be able to have something with you. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I had an 18-year addiction. I, I admit the addiction to Mountain Dew. I drank Mountain Dew forever. And there was actually someone who accused me online, and Val knows this story, of getting a Mountain Dew sponsorship because I had the <laughs> bottles on the screen like, here, drink this. It's refreshing. And I never did. I, I still wish Mountain Dew would pay me. <laughs> well, even though you gave it up, what, like over a year, a year ago, maybe almost a year ago? In, gave it up in January. Yeah. 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 Okay. Almost. So almost a year. It's probably still in your system. So <laughs> there you go. I <laughs> mean, what true. is in that stuff? So I'm very happy that you gave up Mountain Dew. No offense, Mountain Dew. They're not going to sponsor me. And Seth still has all his natural teeth as well. Yeah, he still has his teeth. Still have my teeth. I remember the night that I, I had my last one. And I remember saying, um, <laughs> I, I, I was home, alone. Is, there I was a, home is alone. is there a group for you? Do you have a meeting? Well, no, I was home alone. I, I And I was, it was December, you know, it was January. So it was freezing in, in New Jersey where I live. And I went to take my garbage out and there was a 12 ounce bottle of Mountain Dew sitting in the garage and it was chilled. And I was like, how can I start this diet with this just sitting in my garage? So at 1130 at night, I guzzled it. I took a picture of the empty bottle and I put it on Twitter and I wrote, thanks for the memories. <laughs> <laughs> I bet like if you hashtag that, every other hashtag in the universe would not be also a bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, no, the only thing I'll, I'll get is whenever I go on some kind of a rant about something usually sports related, if I go on a social media rant, someone will write me back and go, oh, shut up and have a Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's like your cigarette or your... Right, like, get, like get, get a cigarette. Nonetheless, all right, let's get to the podcast. The first podcast, we didn't find this podcast. Val found this podcast. Finally, <laughs> you are putting your social media powers to good use. Tell us what you found. My social media presence is small but mighty. Um, I I saw a tweet that Vogue started doing a podcast. Um, and Vogue is like the, the premier fashion magazine. And I was very excited about this podcast. But what, me, what made me more excited about it is that we did ours first. Because <laughs> I thought, That's you know, right. we were just, we were just doing some weird little chat show. And then Vogue did a podcast. And I was like, we are so cool. So now you have two podcasts downloaded on your phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now, I mean, I'm super excited about the Vogue podcast. So I tweeted about it and said that we, you know, they copied us, basically. I said something like that in my tweet, (laughs) which obviously is so true. Well, let's check them out. The uh, the Fashion (laughs) Magazine made the plunge into podcasting just this week. Host Andre Leon Talley speaks with Vogue Editor-in-Chief Anna Wintour. They discuss a number of different topics, but this clip that they submitted to us is about Wintour's 27th September issue cover. It features Beyonce, who is just fearless. Wintour is reminded that she put Naomi Campbell on her first ever September issue and how groundbreaking it was to have a black model on the cover. Now they've come from Naomi Campbell to Beyonce and how the conversations surrounding her model choice have changed. Let's listen in. So this is your 27th issue of Vogue. No, no, no. Many more than that, Andre. 27th September. September issues. Yes. Yes. 27th September issues of Vogue. Besides being the heaviest issue of the year, what distinguishes this issue from the others? What are you most proud of? Well, I think the September issue has really become an event in itself and that people that you don't necessarily associate with looking at Vogue on a regular basis come up to me in the street or at a party and say, you know, I really like that cover or I really like the September issue. So I think it has a very broad reach. And um, thanks a lot, I think, to do with the success of RJ's uh, documentary, the September issue. People look forward to it more than any other issue in the year. And all of us at, at the magazine certainly it's the issue of the year that we're the most proud of, that we probably spend the most time working on and give the most creative thought to. Well, I certainly agree. What determines the cover and what attracted you so much to Beyonce for this cover as the strongest force in fashion? Well, I think that Beyonce is 
is every woman. I mean, she's superwoman. She's a extraordinary businesswoman. She's a, a force of fashion. She's totally understands the way to communicate to uh, millions and millions of fans. And there's a quote in the Lee Daniels Empire piece where he talks about being fearless yes. and because of his upbringing, how he's never really, he has that big depth of taking that leap. And and to me, Beyonce has that. And it was actually interesting. I was thinking this morning on my way in here, my very first September issue, Andre, I put Naomi Campbell on the cover. I don't know if you remember, she was wearing this orange um, Anne Klein sequin suit that probably would look incredibly <laughs> 80s today but we, we have this meeting every month where we present the issue yeah. and it to the corporate floor yes. and I remember uh, all the men in suits being absolutely stunned stunned by this by the fact that I would put a black woman on the September cover of Vogue and so looking at this issue made me very proud I think of how far we've mm-hmm. come how much the world has changed and that question was just simply not arise today it's a fascinating story vogue editor anna wintour val when you heard that that clip first of all naomi campbell she's an icon yeah as i mean as is beyonce i would say now i think what's awesome about that podcast is that andre leontali has been in a lot of stuff he was on america's next top model he's on e-news like he's been in a lot of stuff you hardly ever hear anna wintour speak i mean you see pictures of her in front row of you know fashion shows a lot but to actually hear her talk about her experience is really cool i have a question and val needs to use her social media powers to find this out for me it sounds like that podcast was recorded on an airplane am i crazy those are like your magic skills to diagnose that i have have no idea um val please find that out because if that's the case i'm sending vogue my application podcasting in the sky is what i want to do because you just want to be on the airplane with anna winter Yes. Yeah, that would be fun. No, I mean, you, you guys know about the September issue, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys read the September issue. Right. It's the, it's their big. It, it's it's <laughs> kind of like the theme of yesterday, last year's last week's show, rather, where we talk about September as the start of the season. That's, That's exactly the, right. It's exactly. Yeah, it's the same thing for television. Most media, September is the big month, so that it, it applies to magazines as well. Well, and particularly Vogue. I mean, what we talked about last week was how, you know, everyone's getting back into school and how you were so ready for it. And what I was right. saying is I just read this New York Times article about how, um, you know, we we start fall too early. And and one of the things this article said, which I thought was interesting, was that part of it is like the magazines and the advertisers fault because they want you to start buying the fall clothes, which are the most expensive. And so Vogue September issue is so thick because it has all these um, advertisements from all these, you know, different clothes and jewelry and um, trying to get everybody set for fall and winter. And so in a way, you know, the Vogue September issue is part of the problem of, um, you know, ending our summer a little too prematurely. I do have one suggestion for the folks at Vogue. It's called Blog Talk Radio. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. I love (laughs) it. Just saying the platform works. If you you think we sound decent, trust me, that would work. (laughs) I think it can work on an airplane. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'll interview Anna Wintour or Andre Leontali. Yeah. The people at Vogue need to make a Florida edition because the fall collection, we can't necessarily wear that in Florida. <laughs> it's so hot pockets, lava hot. <laughs> <laughs> to call it the early bird special. I was going to say Vogue, the Florida edition sounds particularly elderly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny that uh, you mentioned, you know, you talk about the fashion, also New York Fashion Week, or is it, is it just called is Fashion Week or New York? Like, it, but isn't it's, that this week? Yes, it's New York Fashion Week because every major city has their. You know, there's a lot of there's Paris Fashion Week. So yes, it's New York Fashion Week this week. Seth, I can't believe you're not there. You, you know, you know why I know this. <laughs> my my brother in law is a paparazzi. No. I don't think Really? This is yeah, this has happened since Val Val and I a couple of years ago did a web show and we lost touch because she disappeared. I had a baby. <laughs> we unearthed her and brought her out of retirement from this for this <laughs> podcast. 
And my brother is a paparazzi. And I have to send you, uh, if you follow him on Twitter, the steward of New York, I think it's the steward of NY, not the word New York. Um, he put, he posts all his pictures. He works. I'm not telling you where he works, but I think it's on his Twitter. Hand, I think, I don't, I don't know, but he does the paparazzi. He has been at uh, New York fashion week all, all the time. My paparazzi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Except for that he's paparazzi. That sounds a little aggressive. He does. He, he's he's a nice paparazzi. He's not like he <laughs> wasn't the guy thing? who chased down Princess Diana. I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, paparazzi has a really negative connotation these days. I want to say he's one of the good guy paparazzi. I call I call him Jimmy Olsen. That, that that's basically that, that, that's as far as, as I get, and that's what makes me weird. <laughs> one of many many things. what makes me weird is also the name of my new favorite podcast i will be downloading this it's a weekly interview show that highlights the passion for industry art form or hobby that sets our guest apart that makes them weird we also enjoy an occasional side trip into what makes them weird specifically with people from their life for example joel sharpton's wife guested on a recent episode to discuss his eating habits i am downloading this i am playing it in my house i'm going to put it on the whole living room's going to hear uh but the highlight and the clip that we were submitted is from a recent episode that features his sons Judah and Remy, I hope I'm saying their names right, they're seven and six, respectively, and they wanted to make a podcast with Daddy. I I, I love this already. So that's what they did. They had just seen the new Avengers, and they discussed it. This is a clip from What Makes Me Weird. What was your favorite part about the vision, Remy? Um, I didn't really have one. You didn't have a favorite part about the vision? Judah, what was your favorite part? Um, hmm. I think it's really cool that he didn't want to fight. Um, he didn't want to fight, um, but he, um, he did it to save the world. I think and so. I think that was pretty kids. cool and all his powers and stuff. Yes, Judah, that is, I think that's the most, I think that's like the best thing in the whole movie because Vision says, he says, I don't want to kill Ultron because mm-hmm. Ultron's unique, right? Yeah. That's what do we talk about? Like, Every single person you meet, whether they're a stranger or whether uh-huh. they're a friend or whatever, they're all unique, right? They're yippee, all different. And they all matter. They're all important, uh-huh. just like you are. Yep. And and uh, he was saying the same thing. But Ultron was bad guy, right? Like he mm-hmm. ha- he was determined to to kill everybody. He was determined to yeah. to blow up the yeah, earth. Yeah, he, like from Thanos. I mean, they Thanos is Ultron's boss. You think so? No, Judah told me. Ah, uh, well, here's that's the deal. Right. Yeah, really. In the Judah cartoons, in the cartoons, that's exactly the way that it works out. I don't know. We might find out in in one of the next Avengers movies. Yeah. We might find out that Thanos was sort of pulling the strings even for Ultron. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe in, in Maybe it, like like if we watch uh, Marvel Nightman, we might find out because I don't know if any of the other Avengers are going to be there. But maybe I I gotta tell you, I I have seen Ant Man. I don't know that we find out much more about Thanos, but but I think it's a pretty good movie, okay. and you guys can see it pretty hey, soon. Um, he says there are no strings on me, and you said um. Oh, that Thanos is yeah. pulling the strings. Yeah. I don't mean I don't mean actual strings, buddy. I that know. that just means like that he's the boss. That he's yeah. telling people what to do. Yeah, and also he said he would destroy the Earth, and he and he said, um, the only thing living in this world will be metal. He was talking about him, yeah. right? He was talking about robots, other robots like him. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, Remy, your turn. Um, I was. The only thing I really want to say about I I wanted I'm not I'm I'm gonna keep talking about superheroes in a minute, but uh, I was gonna tell Judo that 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 thing looks too far away from his mouth. Remy, you don't need to worry about Judah. Judah's doing fine. Daddy will tell him if it is too far away. <laughs> oh, I love the I love this guy. I I want to be his friend. I love that he told he, he, he couldn't resist. I love that he couldn't resist the comic book history. Like these two kids are talking about this character, the vision. And all of a sudden he just says, 
well, in the co- in the cartoon world and in the comic book world, I was like, all right, I love this guy. <laughs> These kids are so cute. Um, first of all, I think they're like smarter than me in whatever it is that they're talking about. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you can appreciate the intellect that was going on in that conversation. Um, but I can't, I just was listening to this podcast thinking, I can't wait till my daughter is old enough for me to be able to have those conversations with her. Well, actually, I should rephrase. I currently have like sophisticated conversations with her, (laughs) but they're quite one-sided. Like, I can't wait. You know, like they're just having this fun little conversation about this movie that they all saw. And the kids are bringing up points that like their dad gets super excited about. I mean, that's so cute. I have a seven-year-old, so I... I I know I I, I I know what the joy that he received from that and doing yeah. the podcast and Jeff that this is what we were talking about with regard to this is the why podcasts of the future anyone can do a podcast this guy can do a podcast I want everyone to listen to this to download this I I, I love what he's trying here where was he podcasting from. On talk radio you can oh, wow no 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 i mean he wasn't on an airplane jeff's skills like his ear is so oh, fine yeah i want to know like exactly where i'm gonna blow your minds here i'm gonna say he was broadcasting from louisiana because <laughs> he said thanos no actually me and joel talked right before podcast movement we were supposed to meet each other there but we were so busy we were just so busy with everything. We didn't get a chance to meet face to face. Oh, very cool. You met him. Podcast con- was this was this awesome convention oh. in uh, Texas, right? It was in Texas. And uh, uh, Sarah Koenig, who is uh, the host of Serial, who is my my hero, my idol. The Serial is the ultimate podcast. That was the uh, the record breaking million downloads right. and all these things. And and she was the keynote speaker. Jeff was there, and a, a lot of the folks from from Blog Talk Radio were there. But it was really a who's who. Aisha Tyler was there, and there was some some so many great people. And uh, Joel Sharpton, this this guy who created this podcast, I would like to. <laughs> I have to hear the one with the wife. I, I'm literally <laughs> downloading this as we speak. Well, I know I love the sound of this one too. Except for I'm so glad we didn't have to listen to an eating podcast, one about eating, because what makes me weird <laughs> is that I hate anything to do with like eating sounds or like any oh. <laughs> food sounds. I cannot handle it. So I have a feeling like that's where that podcast might go. So I'm glad we didn't have to listen to that one. The kid one was super cute, but. I mean, Seth, what makes you weird? <laughs> what makes me weird? What doesn't? Um, I do have a new theory, though, on how to solve the spousal eating issue. This is so something, Val. I, I know you do this. I don't like at a dinner table to be told you shouldn't have that. I don't want to hear, don't take that. Why are you grabbing that? Why are you eating that? I don't want to hear. I, 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 I can't. So the new solution is, I will eat whatever. It's it's like I'm five years old. I literally just want, um, I want to share. She can take whatever she wants and give me whatever you think I should have. And I'll be fine. And don't say a word. Just smile nice. And everything works itself out. <laughs> Come on. You, I, you know you've done this. I am queen of a look, actually. <laughs> right. You're doing what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that can be an awkward situation. No, but my pet peeve is more having to do with like gross eating sounds that people make. And people like like dinner table manners have like gone down the toilet. I, people do not teach their kids dinner table manners anymore. Chew with your mouth closed. Is it that hard, people? Chew with your mouth closed. And, you know, everyone does it. Grownups and airports, you're just kind of staring at them like – Ew. And I have to admit, like now having a toddler, I have a little bit more, let's go with empathy over like these situations. Because sometimes like if I want to eat a meal at toddler speed, I have to like shovel it in my mouth. Right. And now sometimes I will like realize what I just did and be like, ew, (laughs) really Val? What are you doing? (laughs) Glass it up a bit. Not everybody needs to like have 17 goldfish in their hand and like wolf it down all at once. It's not a good look. (laughs) (laughs) what else what's weird about you jeff what's weird about me uh everything everything is weird with me that could be a book maybe that's my stick i'll I'll write an ebook but i can't really write i'm a recovering dyslexic so i don't know what did you think of the what did you think of their opinions of the avengers movie well i what i thought about it was uh 
you know, I've got kids and I guess people have different way of parenting uh, their children. But <laughs> I, I, I made a mistake, you know, a couple of years ago, I took my son at the time, he was like eight to Transformers 3 and some girl was walking up the stairs uh, and you saw some underwear scene and I was like, oh my God, you know, this is PG-13. So after that, I just didn't, I don't take my kids to PG-13 movies anymore because it's, it's, it's tough to really find out what's going on in those movies. I, I don't get to see the cool movies. I still haven't seen Avengers yet. I have to wait till everything comes out on, uh, on, on demand. Blu-ray or whatever, right. So Seth, what are your thoughts on Avengers? I thought Avengers was, it looked, uh, part of Avengers looks like a video game. I'm not giving away the plot. I'm not going to ruin this for Jeff, but it, it's just, it's video game. It's, it's, it's what it's just technology and effects because they can. Whereas Ant-Man, I thought the difference between Avengers and Ant-Man, I thought Ant-Man was perfect. I will show that to my children. They don't want to see a movie about ants, but uh, when it comes <laughs> out on, on, on like DVD or whatever, I, I will show that to them because I think they'll adore it. The, um, the, the big fight scene at the end of Ant-Man, again, I'm not giving the plot away, takes place in a little girl's bedroom because, you know what I mean? So they shrink. Yeah. So it like nothing is dire. The world is not coming to an end. It, it's it, to me, it's good old fashioned, like heroes and villains. And I, I really appreciate that. But also ants in a little girl's bedroom doesn't sound great either. No, it's it, it they shrink and they play. They've had their big Still, fight scene on a on a on a train on a Thomas. They shrink. Train. They shrink to the size of an ant. That's the whole thing. That's why they call. Yeah, it I still man. don't. I still don't want an ant in a little. You know what I mean? Like that's still gross. If I saw an ant yeah. in my daughter's bedroom, I would get out the <laughs> the spray. Well, you'd, you'd spray these guys. I'd ruin the movie. Fucking... Yeah. Listen, like, you, <laughs> there are some of these movies that are, that are are phenomenal. Uh, for you know, look, it, we're in a golden era of superhero dumb. I think the ultimate will be Star Wars. Yes. I, I want to hear this guy do a Star Wars podcast. I want us to do a Star Wars podcast. There's going to be more Star Wars podcasts than ever. That is going to be, that, that's going to be a billion dollar opening. I mean, that that is going yeah. to be the ultimate. It, that They seem to have been pushing all the right buttons. And I know there's a whole generation of people that are listening to us that are saying, what do you mean? They just had a bunch of Star Wars movies. No. The, the, the prequels are look i don't hate the prequels so i don't hate on the prequel but they're not what this is this is the right. sequel to return of the jedi this is episode seven this is this is the one where it you, you find out what happens to the characters from 1983 and i am fascinated to see what happens to social media how do how do spoilers not get out and how does that change what you're going to see could you imagine and i'm no offense, Val, but I'm going to defer to Jeff. Here. Men are talking. Um, oh boy! This idea, this idea. Do you remember Empire? Right? You remember Empire Strikes Back when Vader tells Luke that he's his father, and people were like, "What?" And it was like this cliffhanger. This what in the what? What? And how do yeah. you do that? Could you imagine that in the day and age of Twitter? Like you oh. can't have that moment. Like that. That shocking holy crap moment you wouldn't have it it's it's impossible how does abrams do something in that star wars movie that no one's gonna like people are going to have to see it on the first day social media is going to ruin it so that movie's going to have a billion dollar opening oh totally uh, without a doubt i mean i already read some spoilers that i think i know what's going to happen but i won't say them i think it ruined it for me but i'm still going to go see it because <laughs> i said oh that makes sense because the toy line that came out like what week ago two weeks ago there there's certain yeah, things that didn't come line, out. Right. And so those rumors are kind of played into that. So I'm like, oh, man. So I guess it's true. Yeah, I'll just leave you hanging on that since it's not a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I watched those movies, too. And I'm excited to see what happens for the record. I mean, not if I had not said my pants excited on, like on. you, but <laughs> just give me give, just just validate me for one second here. Validate. If, if I had said to you, hey, you remember validate? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell that in a second. Um, nah. But if I had said to you, if I had said to you, hey, Val, what about the part where Luke tells, when Darth Vader tells <laughs> Luke that he's his father, what would your response have been? I know. I know. No, I, I see why you did that. I'm just saying I'm excited too, guys. I feel like I'm like the, the kid's sister here. <laughs> I want to Excited play. too. Take me. 
<laughs> All right. We have more. By the way, you can find that What Makes Me Weird podcast at blogtalkradio.com slash makes me weird. And just like for word. everybody to know, it's W-E-I-R-D. That's how you spell weird. It's not Are you serious? Well, just I mess it up all the time, so I just figured that people can do that. I pronounce it like John Travolta. I don't know, Sandy. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, blogtalkradio.com slash makes me weird. All right. From Star Wars and fake warriors to actual warriors, let's hear another great podcast here on the Week in Podcasting. This one's called Fuel for Warriors. The hosts are Timothy Lawson and Kyle Carpenter. Kyle's a Marine veteran and a Medal of Honor recipient. News outlets and other misinformed outlets occasionally refer to Kyle as a Medal of Honor winner, which is uncomfortable to hear because he clearly didn't win anything for his brave act, and it's not a contest. Kyle weighed in on this clip on the discomfort of being mislabeled in that way. I have to ask this because it, it came up when, you know, I, so I took a picture of your medal and I, and I shared it uh, on social media, like anybody does uh, these days. And, you know, I noted, uh, you know, Kyle Carpenter, Medal of, Honor, Medal of Honor recipient passes around medal. And one of my friends commented saying, thank you for not calling him winner. Have you had anybody refer to you as a Medal of Honor winner? And did it, did that make you feel anything? Did that sound weird? Oh man, you uh, you hit it right on the head. I'm so glad you asked that. I've never got this question before, and I would never bring it up. But ninety nine percent of the time, I get winner. Uh, I've been asked <laughs> if I was the gold medal winner. You know, I've got a lot of questions, but you're right. Every time I hear winner, it does kind of cut at me a little bit, but. I also am very understanding and very tolerant that, you know, to somebody that has no idea about the military and what it's about uh, or how it operates or the terms, uh, who knows? If I had no idea about any of that, I might say winner because you just don't know, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I didn't enter a competition. Uh, I didn't enter the Olympics for the gold medal. Uh, I didn't want what came to me and I didn't ask for it. Uh, and if I could give it to somebody else, if I could give it to one of those quadruple amputees at Walter Reed, I would, but you know, I'm not a winner of everything. Um, yeah. Well, but, I'm, I'm glad I asked because you know, I, uh, I don't know if maybe I've, I'm just passive to it, but I was never aware that that was like an issue. Like I, I could see like a level of ignorance, you know, coming up and that, and that happening. But I mean, I didn't, under, I didn't, I'm glad you, I'm glad you answered that way. I, I had no idea that, that, that it was happening that often. Yeah. I very, very rarely ever get recipient or, Nobody ever says he was awarded or uh, he's a recipient. Early on in official, you know, and all the official news things and things like that, it was uh, correct. But yeah, people say winner, but like I said, I, I'm understanding. And first of all, a, a tip of the cap. We salute the service of Kyle Carpenter. That's uh, a fantastic uh, statement, and it's a great podcast. And I, I, I heard the whole thing. I subscribe to it. Uh, Kyle makes an interesting point, and. Val, I hate to say this, but this is more the, the fact that the media does this wrong. This is not because people think about it. There's a reference to medals and the Olympics. And the reference is that if you have a medal, you won a medal. Like mm -hmm. people win medal. You win medals from when you're six years old. Right. This is to me just a faux pas on the media. And, you know, as a member of the media, I, 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 I agree that, you know, there, this shouldn't be the way it is. I don't think there is anything meant derogatory toward calling a medal recipient a medal winner. Yeah, I would say usually who would do that intentionally. But what I liked about this podcast is it did stop and make me think like, oh, gosh, I wonder if I would have ever said it that way. And now I know that I never will because I heard this. You know what I mean? And you got to love some, something you learn from. So many people in the military are just so well-spoken, you know? And humble. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's amazing to me. You know, you hear all the the different stories, and um, we all know people in this in this life that 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 went to the military. The thing I'm always fascinated with, I more than their tours of duty, 
I always love to know what motivated the person to join the military in the first place. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Because this generation of 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 soldiers went there voluntarily. You know, there, there's right. great incentives now. There, there's all kinds of reasons, but there's great recruitment going on. The military is 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 strong. I mean, unless I'm misinformed, I just think I always want to know what what it was. Like if Kyle Carpenter is sitting in a room with us. What I would say to him is, look, everybody wants to know about what it was like being overseas. What was the tour of duty like? I get that. I want to know, what was it that convinced you that this was the best route for you? And I I, I think that when you do that to any veteran, the stories are all different. You'll never yeah, get right. the same story twice. Uh, that, right. to me, at least from my perspective, that fascinates me. I the, 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 the people that I've come in contact, I've been to Walter Reed. Um, when I worked for the New York Mets, um, the Mets uh, owners, uh, the Wilpons, always made it sound, made it a mission that any time they played Washington in Washington three times a year. So one of the trips they designate, you get up really early and you take this bus and you go to Walter Reed. Usually the players all wear their uniforms. So like the, the veterans can see their uniforms, you know. Uh-huh. You know, it, 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 it's amazing to hear because you, you're sitting there and you're in awe of what these people have done. I mean, heroes, I, I don't even know if the word heroes does it justice, but yet all they want to do is meet, you know, David Wright or, you know, a, a baseball player. And I find that whole thing fascinating. Yeah, that's really cool that the Mets do that. Can't speak to any other teams. I don't know. I don't yeah, know I don't if know other either. teams do it. I just went and it was, you know, you're, you go in, you walk into Walter Reed and you see, you see people that are, I mean, they're, they're in bad shape. I mean, yeah. these guys are in bad, bad shape. There's this one wing. I'll, I'll tell this story. This is from last year. There's this one wing of people that are essentially in intensive care. These folks, they, they don't want the whole team to go. You know what I mean? You don't want to bombard these guys with 50 or so people in their, in their little group. <laughs> So they, they they only picked David Wright and I think it was Matt Harvey and Curtis Granderson. Like like these these just mentions. Like they're they're just amazing people. And they went by. One of the soldiers said the reason why it's so small is because and they were so happy to say there were less people in intensive care. Like yeah. it's the, like attendance was at a low. Now, look, I can't speak to 2015. I didn't do it this, this year. I did it last year, but last year when we were at Walter Reed, they were thrilled that in there used to be two wings of intensive care. And now there was only the one and there were barely enough people that they only wanted a couple of guys to go. Like, I mean, kudos to the soldiers for, for coming back intact. Well, I mean, I, unfortunately I don't think it's always up to them. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's hurt soldiers everywhere and I'm sure every baseball team does that in their own way, but I love it that you called them menches. <laughs> like, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> well, look, this Jewish holidays, I got my menches. I got my kugels. Yeah. My I can tell you've been hanging out with. Yeah. <laughs> ruggle, you, you want some ruggle? <laughs> I yeah. I, but I, I know, I know what you mean because like, you know, here I live in the, in the Bay area, the San Francisco Bay area. And, you know, stereotypically we're a bunch of bleeding heart liberals and like, you know, you have friends that are in the military and you kind of look at them like, what, how did you, what, you know, like it's particularly a little surprising sometimes. And they have amazing stories of, you know, inspiration and what led them to do what they want to do. And I actually, so I have a story, I have a friend um, of my husband's who's a pilot for Marine One which is the president's oh, wow. helicopter. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. And so we happened to be on the East coast for something else. And they were landing in New York because Obama was going to do a meeting in downtown New York. So he invited us to come see the helicopter and the president and the airplane. And like, there's this whole pomp and circumstance to the president going from the helicopter to the airplane. And it was a really, really cool thing to see, except for our friend <laughs> had forgotten to like give us this top secret code word or something. And so, and it was like, oh, it was during like the UN or something. So there were lots of different leaders in New York and we take basically like an Uber, right. To this like random airplane hangar outside of JFK. And we pull up and, um, there's like, you know, six, eight, I don't know, 27 guys with guns, like at the front entrance. And they're like, uh, what are you doing here? And we were like, oh, well, we came to like watch the president. And they were like, like all, you know, all alerts went up. We were not saying the right thing at all. 
they like made us, they were like, we're like, no, our friend, you know, and we said his name, like, no, him, we're here to see him. And they were like, uh, and so they like made us get out of our car. They took, we had been traveling like nearby. Right. So we had all of our bags with us, even though we weren't planning on going anywhere with them, like on any of their helicopters. I wasn't being that presumptuous, but they took all of our bags out and laid them out on the ground and had bond sniffing dogs, like walk around them. It was like really, really intense. And we're still just at the entry gate and there's like guns kind of pointed at us basically. Right. And so then all of a sudden our buddy comes out and he's like, Hey guys, so, so, so sorry. I did not give you like the code word or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) They're with me. And all of a sudden, sorry, sorry. My bad. All of these really intense, like I was like near tears. I was so scared. Like all of these really intense guys turn in to like the most jovial buddies. They're like, Hey, you know, we have some food over there. You guys hungry? Like, (laughs) how do you do this in your daily life? Like they were so crazy intense. And then they were so, so nice and accommodating. And it was interesting because like, there's like a bunch of different helicopters. There's not just the one, right? There's like the one that the president rides in, and then there's one for the staff. And then there's all these ones that are like, supposed to look like the one the president rides in. And then there's one and I'm like, what's in that one? And he's like, oh, stuff. Like he wouldn't really tell me. (laughs) And I was like, can I take pictures? He's like, not really. (laughs) Uh, So it was, it was a really cool experience. And the president got off the helicopter and like went to go get on his plane and flew away and didn't shake my hand. But I got a picture with Air Force One and Marine One. And I had a really good story about being really scared. <laughs> oh, I bet. I <laughs> guess, I can, yeah, I can, it was cool though. Can, yeah. But you see how we can tie this all together. So if he was the, if he was the pilot for Marine One, President Obama took Marine One in California to Mark Marin's house to be on Mark Marin's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> President Obama was on... Uh, the WTF pie, which is a great podcast. Um, Mark Marin interviewed uh, President Obama. It was he had helicoptered in on Marine One. Your friend might have been there. Might have been. Yeah, he was a pilot. Um, well, I was gonna, I was gonna bring it back to Beyonce <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and Vogue because there's this quote that says, "We all have as many hours in the day as Beyonce." <laughs> Which is kind of an fu quote because Beyonce does so much, right? Like you know, oh, singer, okay. actress, model, uh, icon, fashion magnet. Um, so you know, I leave you with that, but guys. She, Go and have a productive rest a of your podcast, day. But she's but she's not a podcaster. Yeah. Uh, by the way, by the way, we should mention uh, you can find uh, Fuel for Warriors. I just hit subscribe. Uh, BlogTalkRadio.com slash Fuel for Warriors, or you can find it on iTunes. So. Seth, uh, how do you spell warriors? Uh, the right way. <laughs> the, the, reg- the regular way. How do you say warriors? Do you say it like I'm a fed? The warriors. Uh, the, warriors. <laughs> the, warrior, the warriors. Um, yes, blogtalkradio.com uh, slash fuel for warriors. That's the one thing I can honestly say to both of you. I don't have an accent. I have stayed away from accents. I've lived all over the country. I lived in Colorado. I lived in Seattle. I lived in New York, obviously. I lived in Jersey. I pride myself in not having an accent. Like, you can tell somebody's from Long Island from a mile away. Like, I, I can't I can't hear that. Like, New England folks, too. Like, th- those, you know. Yeah, hockey, definitely. Uh, like, do you guys watch uh, Ray Donovan? No. No. Well, well, crickets right there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the wife. <laughs> the wife, the wife, and and uh, Ray Donovan has a thick Boston accent. You can just you could spot it from a mile away. <laughs> hey, did you ever see that show? Uh, no. uh, so we have three fantastic podcasts: uh, the Vogue podcast, What Makes Me Weird, and uh, Fuel for Warriors. They're all fantastic. Now, what are we going to do for episode three? First of all, we don't have to introduce everybody. That's fantastic. My favorite part. Uh, and you know. can submit. What were you going to say? I don't know, Sandy. It's weird. I swear, Mr. Cotter. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, we didn't really get to introduce ourselves. You did it for us. You actually did a good job. So it's less work okay. for you next time. No, less work. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we'll just say who we are. 
Uh, you can send uh, you can send us your submissions. If you have a podcast and you've heard you you say, look, my podcast is as good as these good clowns. Well, then if you believe that, go for it. The week in podcasting at gmail.com. Uh, send your emails and uh, we will submit submit them when you hear the podcasts. As soon as you can, the sooner the better, because we will get to uh, look at yours and 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 we'll sift through them and find the ones that that are the, the the best and the ones that are complete. Please include your audio clip. That's another thing that we've uh, gotten word from the masses uh, that that produce this show. Please send us the audio the clip masses. that you want us to focus on. We will focus on it and we will try to expose your shows to as many listeners as we can. So it's it's a great venture. Oh, you know, it's also great to even add to that. It's like people that only do podcast shows that are a fan of podcast shows. I, I We got one email from someone in the Central Florida area saying, hey, here's a podcast I'd like to listen to. Review this one. You didn't do oh, the that's podcast. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was very cool. Was that it's you? Awesome. It was not me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jeff... Was it this podcast? Kind of <laughs> That kind of reminds me, though, Jeff, you do have your own podcast. Can you tell everyone about that? Yes, I do. The Jeff Adams Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We do it live, but then it becomes a podcast, and uh, you can hear it on demand. Right. It's getting crazy, man. We're doing all this technology stuff. There's this new thing called Blab.im. I yeah, bring co-hosts in from there, and it's just it gets crazy. It's out of control. It's just, it's just zany behavior that we do on this show, so it's a lot of fun to do. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've been on that show. It's a, uh, it, it, there's also it's a video show. You can watch it as well. Uh, so Val, you'd have to put the uh, the makeup back on. I've yeah. been on that show actually. I was on that show last week. Yeah, she called. She, she called from the stairs of an emergency exit. She had lots of reverb. It was a great phone call. Like she was going to sing a yeah. song, a karaoke song or something. <laughs> I did not sing. Thank, thankfully for everyone involved, I did not sing. Um, but I was actually at the gym, and Jeff was like, "Hey, can you call in?" So like, I walked out of the gym to make a phone call, and I was in a stairwell, and. I don't think it sounded that great, but it was fun to chat. Okay, well, next time we got we, look. She she's way too beautiful for a for a phone call though. You got to ham it up. You got to have her on camera. Trust <laughs> me, I know she know. Tr- let, let's just say this: I know she knows how to do that. <laughs> I do. Yeah, these days at a sta- as a stay at home mom, you know, not always, but um, I have this podcast, which is fun, and you can find me on Twitter. And then um, tomorrow I'll be you know, broadcasting live without a mic from Alta Plaza Park playground. <laughs> nice. That's what I'm up to, Seth. How about you? You'll, you'll be not broadcasting, right? <laughs> I'll be, yeah. Bro- well, broadcasting without a mic because, you know, I don't stop talking just because there's no microphone in front of me. It's what just different ears. The, audience less, thinks, yeah, right. the other little. moms are like, the other moms and parents that are there, they're like, oh, her again. They're like, Val, we don't care about Star Wars. I'm like, but you guys... <laughs> You guys, there's a new guy. He, the toy came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, I am going to be shifting one of my podcasts into full Star Wars soon. Um, Val, can I say this with a straight face? Please don't laugh until after I'm done. On the latest episode of The Hall of Justice, which you can find, find at a Blog Talk Radio, we discuss the classic television series, Night Rider. Nice. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I uh, interviewed a guy by the name of Joe Fiducia, who is a real person, and he uh, wh- he did one of those re- kit restorations. I don't know if yeah. you've seen this. It's, it's this wave of people who take transams and they transform them into the Night Industries 2000, the the, the, the kit car. Uh, and he had one, and he travels it to uh, all over to shows. And I saw, I met him. And I said, what a cool podcast. You know, there's so many podcasts about today's TV. You know, I don't know if you ever saw the guys from Breaking Bad did a podcast. And there's a million nerd podcasts and uh, Assembly of Geeks. I'll give them a shout out. They do a podcast. Like, there's just a bunch of them. What if somebody actually did a show about a show that hasn't been on for 30 years? And it was Knight Rider. So we had a really fun time. So I encourage everybody to check out uh, Hall of Justice. We did it on, we call it the Knight Rider episode. And or the Night Rider podcast, I don't remember. And uh, also on the sports one, we have uh, Sports with Friends, which is a lot of fun. And then the baseball one, uh, the Diamond. I have been asked this a lot on Twitter, so I'm putting it out there. Um, there was a video interview for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Latroy Hawkins, their uh, their their relief pitcher, interviewed MVP candidate Josh Donaldson. It went out on wild uh, on on Twitter, and it has been retweeted four thousand two hundred and fifteen times. 
Um, We are going to take the audio from that interview uh, and put it on the Diamond podcast. So for those of you, you know, because that's streaming, that the, the the video is is a streaming video. Uh, this will be something you can download onto your phone and save. Uh, Josh Donaldson, who is uh, uh, one of the MVP candidates, just a really cool dude. Um, he did an interview uh, with on this project that we were working on, and I tweeted it. And both those guys, this is how athletes can be lazy. <laughs> both athletes didn't tweet the link themselves they just retweeted my tweet does that make sense <laughs> yeah yeah i know some people on this show that do the uh very exact thing <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that's, that's pretty good that's pretty good <laughs> hey seth seth i want to i didn't want to go back for a minute um on words with, i know i mean sports with friends your yes sports with friends yes how, yes. how many how many episodes do you think you're going to get out of that show? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, because you're saying I don't have that many friends? Well, we've I got, mean... I think we're up to 12 now. Okay. Wait, and how many, many more do you have? Oh, let me look. <laughs> Hold on. How many friends have I... How I many friends do you have? No, we've done 11. We've done 11. Okay. And some of them are new friends. I'm just making... I'm asking people to be my friends so they can come on sports with... Yeah, it's like the, the little league guy around the corner. <laughs> You're like, hey, buddy, I got some candy. Want to yeah. get in my Wanna car? In my the, the rule with sports with friends is it has to be a sports conversation, but the person has to be a friend. Right. So there automatically is the yucks and the, and the, and the camaraderie. That's the, whole, that's the whole idea. Yeah, I like we had, it. Um, so far, we've done 11. All right. The week in podcasting at gmail.com. <laughs> Submit yours. Submit yours. Uh, we will be back. I I love that we don't know what next week's show is going to be because we don't have the submission. I absolutely adore that. But uh, as always, uh, Jeff, Val, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. Uh, we survived episode two. Yay. It was fun. Jeff, your work is cut out for you with the editing, probably. Wow. You have to edit out all that Star Wars comic book stuff. I'm just kidding. I don't know, Mr. Cod. It's Sandy. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If we have, oh, if we have to, we got to give the people what they want. We should do one week, not next week, but one week we should do all the submissions have to be Star Wars podcast. Yes. Oh my God. That would be so much fun. Oh my sure. God. That, that would Damn. be so much fun. <laughs> it would. In fact, I might submit all the Star Wars podcasts myself and submit them in and do all the voices for them. (laughs) (laughs) For Jim Adams and Val Riley, I'm Seth Everett. (laughs) This has been The Weekend Podcasting. We'll see you in episode three. Bye, guys. (laughs) 